0: Good morning, it's Friday, July 6th, 2012, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here is some of what's making news on this morning's front page. Central banks act to raise borrowing, no child law whittled down by White House, and Murdoch's digs at Romney underscore strains. In this morning's national headlines, in the Rust Belt, Obama talks tough on trade. Lifeguard says he chose saving man over his job, and the mystery deepens over the health of Representative Jesse Jackson Jr. In this morning's financial headlines, India eyes free drugs at state-run hospitals, trade group for bankers regulates a crucial rate, and cheap Chinese cars make gains in emerging markets. There will be more business stories, more national and international news, too. A roundup from the sports page and the opinions of New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written by Benjamin Applebaum, entitled Central Banks Act to Raise Borrowing. Concerned about waning economic growth... Central banks in Europe and China announced measures Thursday to increase borrowing and spending by businesses and consumers, a response that was all the more striking because it was uncoordinated. Three major central banks announced significant policy changes in the space of an hour. China's central bank unexpectedly cut regulated bank lending rates for the second time in four weeks. The European central bank cut its benchmark interest rate to three quarters of one percent, the lowest level in its 14-year history, and the Bank of England announced it would expand its holdings of government bonds by about 15 percent. The actions once again cast central bankers in the role of primary responders to the global economic malaise, aiming at the same basic goal that they have tried to hit repeatedly over the last six years, encouraging people and businesses to take greater risks with their investments. But Europe is mired in an economic recession and a political crisis. The United States is faring somewhat better in both respects, but hardly booming. And China is suffering what its government has begun to describe as a sharp economic slowdown. Those who might invest, borrow, and spend are nervous, and repeated efforts by policymakers have not yet restored public confidence. The latest round of modest measures are unlikely to change that record, instead stoking the debate between those demanding stronger action and those convinced that central banks have done all they should. Reaction to the new measures was subdued. Analysts used phrases like, helpful at the margins and it doesn't hurt. European stock markets rose initially then receded. American stock indexes fell early then recovered their losses. These are not big steps, I would not expect them to have a huge effect, but I think they move in the right direction, said Donald Cohn, a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution who served as the Fed's vice chairman from 2006 until 2010. I think it's certainly the case that monetary policy can't cure all the world's ills, but I think it can do some good, and the central banks of the world are doing what they can. The Bank for International Settlements, an umbrella group for central banks, cautioned in its annual report last month that central banks could not solve the structural problems plaguing Europe and impending growth. The Fed's chairman, Ben Bernanke, and his European counterparts have tried repeatedly to shift the burden of economic policymaking to elected officials, urging them to boost short-term growth by addressing long-term problems like the level of public debt and the cost of social welfare programs. But countries have made little progress on those issues, and Thursday marked the latest in a lengthening series of moments in which the central bankers blinked, sighed, and put just a little more sugar in the bowl.